the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. There are many, many images and symbols throughout this church building, this nave here, that you might or might not be able to see from where you're sitting right now, from your, any one particular vantage point in the room. In fact, I find this building uh, is particularly dense in terms of all the things you can discover if you spend a little time walking around in here. These are, there are things in this room that I regularly forget and then remember when I happen upon them again, which is actually a real joy of serving in this place. A favorite of mine, for example, as I know I've said before, is when I get to sit in the deacon seat, as I am today, um, from time to time, when Deacon Jennifer is away. And I have a clear view of Mary in the chapel. It's as if she's just off stage right with her cousin Elizabeth in the scene of the visitation, having just uttered the words of the Magnificat for the first time, my soul doth magnify the Lord. Can't see it if you're sitting in other parts of the choir up here, but you can from the deacon seat. Our stained glass windows are the more obvious images and symbols, although there are a lot of different characters depicted uh, throughout the nave, some of whom might not be so familiar. Actually, fairly recently still, Guy and Valerie put some work into cataloging all of these people uh, around the room depicted in stained glass, and there's a set of laminated sheets in the back on the information table which tell you by number, one by one, who everyone is. Uh, you can kind of take a little tour around with them. But there are other kinds of symbols in this room, too, which are somewhat less obvious. One you may not know about is the one that is in the face of this kneeler, this prédieu, here in front of the celebrant's seat behind me. On it, there's a metal inlay in the wood. It's about this big, it's right in the middle. It forms a triangle with the words Father, Son, and Holy Spirit in each of the sides in Latin, and the word God, Deus, in a circle in the center. And between the persons of the Trinity is the phrase non est, the Father is not the Son, the Son is not the Spirit. But for each connecting in the middle, est, each of the three is God. This is a real gift for a preacher or a teacher on a celebration of the Holy Trinity in that it's a kind of foolproof way of saying what the Trinity is, lest we stumble over our words about it as we so often do about this very subject unless we're very well practiced. It's sort of like, maybe just go look at that. Maybe it'll tell you better than I can. Even though churches are usually full of symbols, images, things in art and architecture which hold meaning for the particular place and people gathered there, it's somewhat rarer to have these that are depictions, directly at least, of the Trinity. It's like there's a sense of reluctance in the tradition to get too specific about how we make images of this deepest reality of the divine life of God. One way it's done is what we have on our bulletins, this icon that references the three visitors to Abraham at the Oaks of Mamre um, in Genesis 18, Abraham who offers these three mysterious divine figures hospitality. Another way is in depicting Jesus' baptism, which we also have back there um, just by the font, where we see Jesus and the Holy Spirit descending as a dove, and in some sense, God the Father present in the cloud, the heavens. So it does happen, but it comes in this kind of oblique way, always preserving some of the mystery. 
that we understand as Christians that God is Trinity, one God revealed as three persons. We understand this to be a kind of spiritual gift, a spiritual gift of knowledge. It is a gift that we know God in this intimate way, something about God as God's own interior life that we have received from our spiritual ancestors, who in receiving this revelation themselves began to see God the Trinity of persons even deep into their own past, into their own texts that they had had for hundreds of thousands of years, in places they didn't know to look before. They came to understand the triune God present even in the beginning, at the beginning of all creation, in which the Spirit of God hovered over the deep before everything that would come to be, before the Word, present and co-equal with the Father, called the whole world into being. The early church came to see this Trinitarian understanding of God as somehow written into the logic of the cosmos, vital to how we should properly understand the mind and works of God to the extent that we are able, and acknowledging also the limitations in that very quest. That God exists in perfect, if paradoxical, unity and community. That God is within God's own self, an icon of grace, of a shared common life, of pure gift of self, always harmoniously and peacefully giving of one to the other equally. This says so much about who God is and what God might desire for God's people. This insight about community, about the commonness of life being the purpose of life, says so much to a nation, a society, in which the Surgeon General reports to be gripped by an epidemic of loneliness and isolation, something we are actively dealing with today, right now. We need connection. We are not made as human beings to be by ourselves. We are made for common life one with another, as we are created, as we are created to be, echoing the common life of the triune God. When we baptize, as we hear in Jesus' command in the gospel today, we baptize in the name of the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, three persons, three pours of water over the head of the candidate. It is in the name of this triune God, this community unto itself, that we claim new members of our community, gathered here out of the fragmentation, atomization of our society as beloved and belonging, belonging both to this place here and now as All Saints Church and to the body of Christ around the world and across the ages. And we have those words and that image of Jesus' baptism with the Trinity encoded within it. I hope you'll remember that to remind us of this belovedness and this belonging. And so in so many ways, our recognition of God as Trinity is not merely a highly theological puzzle or curiosity. It may be that also, but it tells us some vital truths distinctly, both about God and about ourselves. This little symbol here, usually hidden behind our prayer book or our bulletin, at the celebrant's seat holds within it so much of the Christian story of who God is and ultimately who we are in relationship. 
And so this Trinity Sunday, we give thanks for the gift of that knowledge, the spiritual gift that has been given to us from our forebearers, our ancestors in faith, both Jewish and Christian, those of us who share these texts that echo through the ages, this threeness of God, even if we couldn't see it for a long time. Let us look for it in our lives, in symbol and image, in the words and hymns and spiritual songs we sing today and throughout the year. Indeed, in this logic of the whole universe, may we be blessed by it, the knowledge of it, and may it be a blessing to the world through us. Amen.